Good afternoon, everyone. This is your host, John, of the Research Review, creating a platform to create and inspire. I'm here with another excellent guest today, Garrett. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your research? Yeah, my name's Garrett Hartley. I'm a senior here at Kent State. I've got majors in physics and computer science with concentrations in chemistry and robotics and embedded systems. This last summer, I was down at the Liquid Crystal Institute in Dr. John West's lab. And what we were looking at was developing what's called a PDLC cell. It sounds complicated, but what it stands for is polymer dispersed liquid crystal cell. They're nothing more than two pieces of glass with a specific liquid in between them, that being a, a certain type of liquid crystal. The reason we were investigating these PDLCs was to isolate a property of liquid crystals called birefringence. So as it turns out, with these liquid crystals, they're pretty interesting little molecules. If you are able to apply an electric field over a liquid crystal domain, and that's just fancy for saying we have a pocket of liquid crystal somewhere, right. you can actually change the refractive index of the solution, which simply just means we can zoom in and out, which is a pretty cool feature. And we were hired by a VR AR company to do this. They're trying to work on these smart lenses that change the depth perception for the user while they're in game. So, I mean, imagine you're, I don't know, imagine you're playing Halo or something, right? And you pick up the sniper rifle. When you actually look down the scope now, it'll feel like you're zooming in. It won't, you will notice your depth perception changing. Right, this um, is for the, through the VR goggles? Through the VR goggles, okay. yep, yep, through the VR goggles. They're trying to eliminate that noticeable boundary between the gameplay and the real world is what it is. Some VR companies, believe it or not, have users report getting sick playing the game, you know, getting distorted and all of that. Mm -hmm. This is one solution to try to eliminate some of that getting sick while playing, is to make the user feel as immersed as possible. So that's what we've been looking at. I think this is definitely gonna make a huge impact in the gaming industry. What else can it be applied to? So the PDLC cells themselves almost feel like a rite of passage in the Liquid Crystal Institute. I, I hear stories all the time of graduate students who are hired at different companies like Apple, Intel, um, IBM, places like this, specifically because they can prepare a liquid crystal cell and do it, do it very, very, very well right. on top of that. So Apple's looking to use it in their smart glasses, as far as I know. There are people who are just simply trying to make smart glasses actually for nearsighted people as well. So the elderly especially could probably take advantage of that when they're sitting there, you know, reading. Um, they're having a hard time seeing the words. It would be as simple as, I don't know, maybe sliding your finger along the edge of your glasses and the glasses themselves would zoom in on the words. Yeah. Um, it would get easier for them to um, read in that way. Now, I noticed you said a lot of people who have, ex who have experience in making these uh, types of cells get hired by companies like Apple and IBM and such. What do you plan on doing after your undergrad? So after my undergrad, um, I plan right now on trying to acquire a PhD in a theoretical physics, uh, which is different than the liquid crystals right now. As interesting as the liquid crystals were, that's just um, not what I feel like my path in life you know, is going to be. So that's what I'd like to go into. And I, I've been lucky enough to work with people down at the Liquid Crystal Institute who are, you know, a, a, at the top of their game right now. Right. I mean, absolute experts in their field. And just to get to learn from them and to get to exist in a laboratory environment with them to learn the ropes, it, 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 it's been crucial yeah. in my ability to, you know, develop as a researcher mm -hmm. myself. Now, with that experience you had working in the Liquid Crystals Lab and everything else you have your hands in right now, how do you think that's going to benefit your work when you're pursuing your theoretical physics degree? 
You can't solve difficult problems without innovative solutions. Innovation right. comes from the ability to pull from multiple backgrounds to combine these backgrounds, these new ideas. So working down at the Liquid Crystal Institute, though that may not be where I'm heading, it'll give, it'll give me key insight to specifically properties of unique materials that you don't often come by in everyday experience. Uh, the ability to look at things and analyze them differently right. um, than somebody who didn't have the research beforehand. Yeah, I've got the concentration in chemistry, and there's a lot of application with the liquid crystals over in the chemistry side. And specifically, what I'm kind of interested in right now with the physics is getting into quantum physics. That's, you know, that's way down there. Subatomic, yeah. you know. Why, why, why quantum physics? That's, that's what's interested me the most during my study. Mm-hmm. Quantum physics, and then specifically the relativistic description of quantum physics. So tr- all that is is trying to combine what the great Albert Einstein did mm-hmm. with quantum physics. There, there's a disconnect here, and that's it's it's a really interesting disconnect in physics, and I, I mean, it it goes to show how much that we even with as much as we have learned, there's still so much work to be done. Right. So specifically, I, I see a vacancy there, um, and that excites me. Mm-hmm. I, I see that okay, there's there's not work here. Let's go poke around. You right. know, let's see if we can figure something new out because that's what it's all about: trying to discover and develop and mm-hmm. come up with new ideas, new solutions, just trying to move forward. Right. That, um, that's research and innovation. Exactly. What, what's, what's that gap that you've noticed? When you try to scale up quantum physics, mm-hmm. the math doesn't agree with relativity anymore. And when you scale down relativity, it doesn't agree with quantum physics. So specifically, when you get into the quantum area, you need to forget about specific solutions. And what I mean by that is, say we have a box. Mm-hmm. Inside the box, we have an electron. Okay. There is a certain principle that most STEM students um, who are involved in chemistry and physics know about called the um, Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. What that states very literally is that we can't know the exact momentum and location of an electron. Mm -hmm. In order to analyze these systems, we need to work in probabilities. We can't assume that this electron is in any given spot because our mathematics don't allow for it. Right. This is one of the instances, you know, imagine looking at a planet, mm-hmm. you know, way far out. You can literally see it and then not being able to ever describe its exact location, even though we can. Yeah. We're looking at it. It's in a telescope. But when you move down to the quantum level, things like massive objects, they don't they don't act the same way anymore. Um, and that, that that's an interesting disconnect, you know, because once you do scale it up to a planet, that, that doesn't seem logical. Right. You know, the planet's right there. I can see Jupiter through my telescope. But you cannot see the electron through the microscope is, is what that is. So that right there is pretty interesting to me. That is interesting. Yeah, that, that we don't have an agreement on um, exact location between mm-hmm. large-scale entities and small-scale. Yeah. I think it's really important to fill that gap. From what I understand, it's physics and chemistry are the subjects that we use to prove our existence and reality and what stuff is. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And everything develops from that. Absolutely. You don't hear about a lot of upcoming chemistry research or physics research, but you do hear about new products within the gaming field and Apple's new lenses. But that branches from stuff like physics and chemistry. And that's what everything in our world is built upon. That seems to be right about the time that science becomes foundational. Right. Physics isn't as difficult as people like to think. You just need to think of you have to go about it with an abstract 
point of view. Mm -hmm. It may be difficult sometimes to understand the applications of physics when you're in it, but without the descriptions that, you know, all these great scientists have been, been able to come up with over the last hundreds of years, we wouldn't have things as simple as, you know, our, our telephones that right. we use every single day. I mean, yeah. these are the building blocks of modern society. And in a way, they always have been, whether we admitted it or not. Yeah. And I think you're definitely going to make a huge impact in that field that's going to branch a lot of products off from that and really excel what we know. What's some other projects that you've done in your undergrad? So uh, this last summer was actually my second summer in the Liquid Crystal Institute under my mentor, Dr. John West. Mm -hmm. My very first experience was with research was two summers ago in the same lab. And that was just an awesome introduction. Yeah. There is a fantastic mindset over there in that lab that speaks volumes about making your work relatable to the general public. So my very first summer down at the Liquid Crystal Institute with Dr. John West, uh, we had actually partnered with the School of Fashion to develop smart fabrics. And this was, this was a lot of fun. What we were working on was actually color changing clothing. The goal was hopefully sometime in the near future, we can have shirts that'll change colors. I mean, go through the entire visible color spectrum, you know, red, green, blue, everything in between. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. By the time I got there, a lot of the hard science had been figured out. Yeah. So my job was to kind of figure out how to apply these to fabrics in the best way possible. Okay. So I ended up making probably a couple hundred samples, small samples of clothing that changed color mm -hmm. with temperature. My roommate was, he was doing research in digital knitting and they had one of your samples in the lab. Every time I would go over there to hang out, I would always mess with it. And it was the coolest thing. I could not put it down. Now, how does this work exactly? The description that was given to me makes plenty of sense to me at least, was simply this. These liquid crystals we were using are molecules that arrange themselves kind of in a spiral, if you want to think about that. I mean, literally just a simple spiral yeah. moving upwards. And when we apply heat to these liquid crystals, they reflect light in different ways. So when they get, when they warm up, they actually expand. Mm -hmm. When they expand, light from, let's say a light bulb or something will come in, make contact with the liquid crystals and will reflect at a certain wavelength. And at certain temperatures, that wavelength enters the visible color spectrum. So as we keep applying heat, the liquid crystals themselves will continue to stretch, kind of like pulling a slinky apart, actually. Yeah. When you do that enough, we start seeing colors like red, green, blue. Those, those are the three primary colors that liquid crystals let off. And then taking that and then making it applicable to fabrics was... Well, that, that was essentially my whole job right. there in the summer. They're, they're nothing too complicated on surface level. I mean, it's, it's literally the best model I can think of is literally a slinky. As you pull a slinky apart, we get new colors like reds, greens, and blues. Yeah, no, that, that really does help, yeah. help us visualize it. Uh, now, what's going to be the first product that this is going to be seen in, do you think? So here recently, I mean, just last week, I had a meeting with my mentor, Dr. John West, mm -hmm. and he was talking about going back to that project just you know, on and off through this next semester to try to develop something that'll catch the, you know, media's eye. Just get, get other people's attention because as soon as we get a finished product, you know, we feel pretty strongly that viewers are going to respond. Um, they're going to think it's neat. So the concept that I had was trying to take all of the technology that we have now, all of the research we've developed and apply that to something like tennis shoes. Converse specifically, probably something like that, that are affordable and people wear around constantly. And I'd like to even take that one step further and using some of my other backgrounds in computer science and robotics and embedded systems, put some hardware on the inside of these shoes that will allow for color programmable shoes. 
that's going to be fantastic. That's, that's going to be, be a lot an of absolute <laughs> game changer. It's going to be so cool walking around with an unreleased pair of those. It's like everyone flexes saying that, oh, I have the unreleased Yeezy Yeezy twos. Well, I got the unreleased Liquid Crystals fives who haven't even been published yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be insane. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's what we're trying to do. I mean, the technology's there. Right. It's right in front of us. It is just fine-tuning it mm-hmm. to the point of being able to manufacture it. And we're right there. We are right there on the cuff. Right. And uh, when the project ended, it was sour for all of us because we knew how close we were. Yeah. Uh, we did. We did. So just going back to that and trying to come up with a demo to hopefully get you know get, get some attention from people and maybe revive the project. It would I be, think that would be, be fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. I would love to see something like that. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're very brilliant and you're focused on innovation outside of academia. Besides pursuing your physics PhD after undergrad. What else, what other projects are you working on? Um, so I referenced earlier that mentality down at the Liquid Crystal Institute, Institute of um, taking your research and making it usable by the general public. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a mindset that I, I, I feel like if more scientists, especially in these areas that seem kind of scary to people yeah. who aren't into it, approached their work with, we could have a massive amount of fantastic products. So moving forward with that, I've been able to take that mindset and in January, uh, launch my very first company. Um, And this is a scientific based company. Uh, It's called Polyvolt Technologies. Uh, We're brand new. And what we specialize in is developing highly flexible circuits. And that sounds kind of confusing at first, I guess. When we think circuits, a lot of people think of those green boards on the inside of computers, Mm -hmm. right? Like those are literally a piece of fiberglass with a whole bunch of small boxes on them and stuff. Um, And they snap just like that. And they snap. Exactly. Exactly. There there, there has been such a revolution recently in electronics. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're everywhere now. We We literally go nowhere without them anymore. Right. And I see the next step of um, electronics and their application moving into mediums that are flexible. So things like clothing. So let's say with these tennis shoes that I was just describing, if I were to try to take one of those green fiberglass boards and put them in the shoe, right. and we try to walk around in them, we'd either one of two things would happen. We either wouldn't walk around in them or we would break the circuit, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally crippling the project. To kind of solve that problem, myself along with some other undergraduates here on campus got together and we were able to make circuits, compl- complex circuits out of rubbery materials. So now you can take those green boards and you can stretch them, you yeah. can bend them, fold them, twist them, you know, out to a point about 300% their original length. They are totally fine. So, if we go back to the shoe, we take one of these boards from mm-hmm. my company, Polyvolt, uh, once they're developed, and we place that inside of the shoe, the user would never realize there were circuits there because right. they bend with the body. They move with them. They stretch with them. We no longer are conforming to circuits. Circuits are conforming to us mm-hmm. is what it is. And we see a number of applications with this specific technology. One of our first thoughts was trying to maybe approach concussion sensors for the NFL. So. There is a massive amount of funding going into concussion research right, right. now. I mean, with right. the rising reports of CTE, there's been a few players had um, a couple things go wrong for them af- after their time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And in response to that, the NFL, the NCAA, they are funding a lot of concussion. One of the issues in creating a smart helmet, let's say, a helmet specifically that would monitor the amount of force that a player receives yeah. you know, upon contact, is the circuitry. A lot of the new helmets, they're flexible. They bend you know, around the person. 
And with that, you need to be sure, make sure that your sensors are also flexible mm -hmm. or else you're going to snap that green board. Right. So that's another one of the applications we see where we're thinking about developing a lot of these very small sensors using the technology, that rubbery technology we've been able to come up with, apply them to the inside of the helmet uh -huh. and then using some kind of secured network, um, relay information about contact to athletic trainers, the personnel there, so they can assess whether or not that person has reached a concussion threshold. Yeah. And we can get them out and hopefully treat those players before CTE sets in. That's incredible because I remember reading that they were looking for this kind of technology and they didn't know how to do it. But it looks like you're filling the gap here. And I, this is going to be a lot more applicable to more than just fashion. Right, you know? right. Oh, yeah. Fashion, fashion will be big. Right. Um, there will be quite a bit there. Sensor technology into fabrics has been looked at for a long time. Mm -hmm. And there's been some solutions, some solutions that have come about, but just haven't been able to withstand all of the all of the torment that, you know, time has. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that uh, at least I'm hoping and working towards Polyvolt uh, being a solution to that. That's fantastic. So, yeah, f flexible circuits. L mm -hmm. Look out for them, man. They're coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I, I remember you mentioning that the mindset in your lab was to make work more relatable. You're doing a fantastic job doing that with the Polyvolt technologies, and I think this is going to grow to become huge. Keep that grind up. Everyone will know Polyvolt technologies, and that's, that's incredible. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the goal, and um, I specifically like how you phrased that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing very unique about um, what I'm doing in the sense that it can be accomplished by anybody with the right mindset. Right. It doesn't matter what your background is, what your interests are. All you need is the mindset to succeed. Mm -hmm. And then there isn't, there's no such thing as an impossible boundary at that point. You know, yeah. I mean, what's the old phrase? Uh, where there's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, that it, it's, it's corny. I know it's cliche, but it's so it's true. true. It's very, very true. Mm -hmm. um, if you're interested in something thing and you're not moving towards that goal, the very first thing you need to do is reassess your own mindset. Go, okay, what is the actual reason that I'm not moving towards this? There's going to be a number of excuses that we can all come up with, right? right. I mean, it's even the small things. Just, you know, I, wa I want to start working out, right? Yeah. So I have time at 630 in the morning to get up and start working out. Why am I not doing that? Well, sleep. That's early. It's not it's not a normal part of my schedule. Those are all excuses. Yeah. They are. If your goal really was to get back in shape, right? Then you should be able to develop that mindset to get you to that goal. Right. And at that point, all of those excuses, when you really sell out for something, all of those excuses start to wither away. Yeah. And the path becomes very clear is what ends up happening. So the the very first thing you have to do to really be innovative is just get over your own mindset, you right. know, your own current stagnant mindset. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to see more people do it. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their own unique experiences. And with that, we'll have a lot of unique research products, whatever it is, performances, it doesn't matter what field you're involved in. Mm -hmm. Just take that first step. Right. And fantastic things will begin to happen. Yeah. Everyone has gifts. Everyone has incredible ideas, but I really want to see everyone use those and put those out there. I don't want anyone to be afraid of getting rejected or not succeeding. If you believe in it, you think it's going to work, you do it. Right. And you don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You make yourself the best person that you can be so you can put out the best work that is possible. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Rejection. You, you just mentioned rejection. That is really scary yes. for everybody. We are all terrified of rejection. Mm -hmm. And just to make it clear, science is 99% rejection, 99% yeah. being wrong, and 1% being right. <laughs> That's completely true. I mean, so as scary as rejection is, it is necessary for any advancement at all. You have to be wrong before you're right. 
it's impossible to just come up with solutions. You know, these these great geniuses, the people like Einstein, Schrodinger, I'm just going to list off physicists. Yeah. Those are the guys I study a lot. I'm willing to bet none of them woke up in the morning one day and that idea just came right to them. Mm -hmm. And maybe even if it did, how many times were they proved wrong before it distilled down into the final paper that made them Nobel Prize winners? Yeah. You know, I mean, everyone goes through rejection. Mm -hmm. Everybody's told no. Everybody's told you're wrong. And most of the time, it's it's more often than not that you're wrong. But with every failure, you move one step closer to the solution. Right. And with that mindset, you can accomplish so much. Mm -hmm. And it makes you a stronger person overall. It does. So when you get rejected, you're not being pushed down. You're being leveled up. You're becoming tougher. You're becoming more resilient. And that next idea that you have or that next version of your product that got denied in the first place will come up stronger as a result of that. A rejection isn't a bad thing. It's making you better and it's making your work better. Right. So we shouldn't be afraid of rejection. We should, we should in a sense, want to be rejected <laughs> yeah. because it, yeah. makes, it makes things better. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Embrace rejection even, you yes. know. Failure isn't final. Yeah. Failure isn't final. It is just simply one of the outcomes. Mm -hmm. It's just another step. With every time you fail, you do. You move closer to that final solution, to yeah. solving the problem. If we could all rework our thinking, every single one of us, to be more along that path, we, we, we would all feel better about ourselves individually. I think we'd all feel like um, more fulfilled with ourselves mm -hmm. and really get to embrace some of our unique qualities without the fear of failure. When I started using my gifts, the stuff that I was good at, became the best version of myself, I was a lot more fulfilled. I'm very fulfilled doing this podcast. I'm very fulfilled to taking classes and studying what I'm interested in and working towards a goal that I want to achieve. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. One, once you start moving in that direction, you tear down those boundaries and you go, that, that is what I want to do. Life, right. life gets easy. Yeah. I, I mean, you could be in, you could be taking 21 credit hours of 40,000 level classes. Mm -hmm. But if that is part of your goal, it's, 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 it's going to feel great. Yeah. You're going to enjoy every single second of your work, regardless of, you know, the difficulty. Mm -hmm. Life gets really simple when you start enjoying it. You know, when you start taking your own passion seriously. I remember you mentioning that it really enhances innovation when you get together people from all different backgrounds of ideas and fields of study. What are some ways that Kent State could be doing that right now? Kent State, um, it's a very unique place because one of their biggest advertisers is acceptance. Mm -hmm. They want everybody of every walk of life here at Kent State, and that provides for a unique pool of people to uh, pull from. And places like the DI Hub, places like LaunchNet down mm -hmm. there, those guys are here on campus to help these people with unique ideas come together to solve problems that neither of their prior skill sets could you know, solve alone. Yeah. They really embrace innovation. And, you know, taking advantage of those resources is what students, um, what I hope to see more students do. That would be fantastic. And a lot of unique products would end up coming out of these collaborative efforts. There's a couple student organizations on campus. The DI Fellows um, is one of them. They seem to be more of an event planning group, but they want to collect people from all types of majors, backgrounds, and put them into events. Hackathon. hackathon. Hackathon, yes. Yeah. Yes. So the DI Hub hosts Hackathon every year. And that is just one example of their efforts to promote innovation. They're getting people from the School of Fashion. They're getting people from STEM backgrounds together to develop, you know, smart products, smart fashion products. Right. I mean, that in itself is innovation because 
more often than not, you know, I, I, I might be wrong about this. I don't know, but this doesn't seem to be my experience. Computer science guys don't know very much about fashion. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and in the same way, those fashion students don't know very much about computer science. Yeah. But when we see a potential product, like a smart fabric come along, and uh, we, we'd like to make it a reality, we need to pull people like that. Yeah. We need to pull people who are training to be experts in the programmable side and training to be experts in the, the fashion application side. Mm -hmm. And when we combine them, we come up with unique products, you know, that, that, that can really drive science into the future. Computer science guys don't know a lot about fashion. Or architecture guys probably don't know that much about fashion research. And there could be an engineer, an architect, or a public health researcher developing tiny homes for, say, to fix the, the problem of homelessness. And there's a fashion researcher working on those different durabilities of fabrics. And they don't know that these two projects are going on at the same time until they're published. And it's nice for them to get connected before it, everything is public so they can start working together. Absolutely. I mean, your podcast alone is providing a platform for other students. To, right. to come to, to listen to, to get ideas from, and then hopefully collaborate with. Mm -hmm. So platforms like this, similar to this, I mean, they're crucial. If you take advantage of them, you can come up with some very unique products yeah. that you know haven't been done before mm -hmm. because we're merging two fields that had never been merged. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of really interesting ways to approach research and product development, and I'm hoping to see a lot more distant fields become more intermixed than they ever have through platforms like this. Yeah, definitely. That's that's the whole plan is to grow this, grow, grow the whole field of research and really speed up innovation in our world. Absolutely. Definitely. A absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have no idea what you can make when you combine two things that have yeah. never been mixed before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 There's some cool stuff going on there. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we go back for a minute to uh, mm -hmm. my company, Polyvolt Technologies, that right there, I've used multiple times as an advocator for innovation because that, that combines the fields of material science mm -hmm. with hardware engineering and software engineering. Right. So you need guys that are you know, well-versed in polymer science working with guys who are electrical engineers, maybe, with programmers. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys who have different backgrounds, different interests, different walks of life, and you put them together to develop a, a unique product that's a combination of the three of them. Yeah. And that, that's been a lot of fun to develop, a lot of fun to work on. And it's really exciting, too, because, uh -huh. I mean, at first it's a little scary because there might not be a whole lot of research on it. Right. But at the same time, that means that there is so much to be done. Right. When it's scary, that's when you jump right exactly. on it. Exactly. it's an opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe scary was the wrong word. Overwhelming. Yeah, no, it can be overwhelming when you get into a field that doesn't have a lot of research because you don't have the initial direction. And for undergraduates, that's difficult. We in school, the way that I feel, are taught what to know and not how to apply it. Yeah. That personally is how I, I feel education has always been my entire life. Mm -hmm. And so that can be scary when you don't have the safety of the classroom, when you don't have the professor in the lab giving you that initial direction. And when, when you move into these fields with very little research, there is no direction. Yeah. But eventually I came to this realization that no direction means any direction is possible. So just start tinkering, just start poking around and then give it a couple months and the ne next thing you know you've, you've created something fantastic something that you can show as a new product uh, an innovation you know new research the combination of multiple fields yeah uh it's really exciting it really is to stumble onto something like that mm -hmm. that's why i love research so much you're actually applying knowledge now I've learned more applying my knowledge through research and creating something than sitting in a classroom and learning through my classes personally. Abs yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
to be able to bridge that gap between what we're supposed to know and how to use it, yeah. that is a dangerous skill. I, I mean, that, that, that can lead to some really interesting products, mm -hmm. really interesting ideas becoming fulfilled. To help more students do that would be really exciting, would be really exciting. Recently here, uh, I actually launched myself along with four others, we launched a student organization here mm -hmm. on campus. Uh, we're called the Kent State Creators. And that is exactly our mission, is to take our experiences in research and development, starting businesses, and helping others to reach that goal. Helping others to fulfill that dream, you know, of yeah. getting there. And w yeah, yeah, we're trying to pull people from all, all kinds of backgrounds. I mean, we have yeah. at Blastoff with our table, we had uh, people sign up from engineering, computer science, STEM fields. But more excitingly, even, we had people from fashion from art education, mm -hmm. a couple of those other studies that don't typically get mixed yeah. with scientific researchers. And with that, we now have people who view the world through two different lenses, combining these two people and moving them together, you know, forward together on a project, we're hoping will lead to some very interesting results. I mean, uh, one, one of the things we're trying to solve with this student organization is the disconnect between art and science. Mm -hmm. um, if you take it back, you know, a couple hundred years, the connection between art and science was never clearer. We had people like Leonardo da Vinci, you know, uh, I mean, a master painter, but also an engineer of his time, laying, right. laying even some of the foundation, at least some scholars believe this, for Isaac Newton's Three Laws of Motion, which was really interesting, really interesting mm -hmm. uh, when I got to it. So that connection was never clear. And it's something that I feel has been lost as we've moved forward. Now we have very specific subsections of science as well as art. And we've lost the connection between them to, to create just beautiful science, beautiful art. I mean, the combination between the two mm -hmm. has, it, it leads to an incredible amount of uh, innovation. It's kind of, it's kind of been the word so far, yeah. <laughs> innovation, innovation. And we're hoping to reconnect that. We're hoping to take people from, uh, let's say digital media mm -hmm. and pair them with computer science, you know, computer science students yeah. and develop websites that not only are functional, but aesthetically pleasing to anybody <laughs> on them. You know, I mean, right. honestly, there's a lot that goes into that. And that doesn't typically happen, at least not on the scale that we'd like to try it until you graduate, until you're out of school. Mm -hmm. And we'd like to try to bridge that gap earlier. We'd like to try to just honestly help people with ideas, yeah. make them a reality mm -hmm. and learn a lot of new things as well. Because just like each person individually has unique talents in different areas, that's why we need to work together as a community to create something. One person's not going to be able to do everything. You got to bring together people who are good at what they do and learn how to collaborate to form something special. I mean, ab absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. Let's go back to your tiny homes for a second. Yeah. I mean, that right there is a collaboration between the art and the science. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got the architecture who in, in, <laughs> in fairness is as much of an artist as they are a scientist. Right. Structures, architecture, that is a form of art. It's one that personally I do appreciate. Anyway, the tiny homes, not only are they eco-friendly, but they're also, they're also a work of uh, scientific excellence mm -hmm. when, we, when we come down to it. So Polyvolt, uh, my company here, last spring, we got involved with LaunchNet. 
They are an organization hosted down at the DI Hub uh, that help undergraduate students, and I think graduate students as, as well, uh, start companies. Mm -hmm. They're fantastic people. Anybody who has interest in starting a company, you know, I recommend them highly. Yeah. Great people. They'll, they'll walk you through it, and they have a great program. A young program, but very ambitious. But anyway, one of the other teams that was being hosted down there at the same time we were, uh, their, their, name, their name escapes me right now, but their research focused on taking an invasive species, a, a plant, literally, literally a weed that grows in a ditch, and um, crafting, I think it was concrete out of it, to make this eco-friendly solution to developing structures. Mm -hmm. um, not, only, not only do we have you know, the new parking garages, we have the new buildings, but we, 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 we've eliminated invasive species in certain areas that are killing off other populations of native plants. Yeah. And I thought that that combination was, I mean, it was inspiring to me to be able to see other people make that link, mm -hmm. to be able to take something that is a nuisance and turn it in to uh, a very useful product, like yeah. a building, like a parking garage. I mean, it's really interesting work. But yeah, projects like that uh, need to be looked at seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, these people have taken something that is, like I said, invasive. It's a nuisance. It has zero use beyond killing off you know, native plant species mm -hmm. and made an incredibly useful product out of it. Yeah. That being you know, a concrete. I think inspiring was the, was the right word there. It was inspiring. It, it was eye-opening. To understand and to be around people with that innovative mindset, right. it gets you thinking. Yes. It gets you thinking. It gets you going, um, well, these people are able to figure this out. What, what's something that isn't obvious to everyone but exists in one form that, that can be transformed into another mm -hmm. that'll triple the usage? Yes. This podcast is inspiring. Just having this conversation has branched so many ideas out of my mind and it's been very motivating. Yeah, this has been great. Yeah. I mean, when you when you really get get down to it, um, everybody wants to talk about their interest, right? Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, you find somebody to take that seriously mm -hmm. and you can, you can have such a meaningful conversation out of it. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. Thank you very much for having me, by of the course, way. Yeah. Any, anytime. I, yeah. Definitely want to stay posted on your company, Polyvolt Technologies, and you're more than welcome to come back anytime if if you have an idea that you want to share or just for casual conversation. Absolutely. 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 Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is great. I'm really excited to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. This is making me rethink a lot of my own work. You mm -hmm. know what I, and this is, this is what it's about. It's about getting people who simply just want to develop, simply right. want to create and getting them in a room with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. The energy. Yeah. The if energy you, it takes yeah, off. You surround yourself with people who have that same mindset. It's really going to excel you. It will. It will. I mean, um, for anyone that played sports in high school, you'll know exactly what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're on the team, you're, you're on the team. Right. And um, the student organization, the creators that we launched, that's that's one of the biggest things we're looking at is crafting that team of mm -hmm. people who want to create, who want to develop, you know, who have these ambitions. They just maybe don't know how to get it started. Yeah. Or they maybe just aren't surrounded with other people with the same mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're trying to get a room full of ambitious people mm -hmm. together to get that energy going and to develop some fantastic products. Yeah. I'm thrilled about the organization. I'm very excited for this semester to see to see what comes out. I, I remember the response actually from people when we were giving them the pitch for the uh, student organization. Before I knew it, they were pulling out their phones and they were showing us videos of projects that really? they do. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, absolutely. They yeah. do on their own time. Things that, um, you know, maybe that maybe the environment that they're in right now just it doesn't support. Yeah. Maybe that might be what it is. But yeah, these people would just pull out their phones. And they, they started showing us all of these different projects. And I mean, before you knew it, we had, you know, 40 or 50 people come around and I could see it. I could see it in their face when they went, 
this, this could be a place where I could go and I could develop, I could build and I could learn and it's totally risk-free. Mm -hmm. It is, it's risk-free. I have this idea. I'm interested in it. I always find myself coming back to it, you know, right. when I, when I'm done with my homework, when I'm not working mm -hmm. and this could be a place that I could take that idea and turn it into a reality, something more serious, maybe even make money off of it. Yeah. You know, that was really exciting to see when there is that mutual understanding between the group of us who, who've launched this thing and the people in front of us. And they went, wow, these, these are other people who have this mindset and we're, we're trying to recruit and we're trying to help out. Yeah. I mean, that was really, that was really exciting. And like I said, all different walks of people too, people from art, people from the sciences and STEM people from business as well. That's another emphasis we have is the business, of course, yeah. um, trying to help people launch companies. And that was really exciting to see them explode and to see that momentary acceptance, I think is what it was, you know, appreciation for the work that they do. Right. Yeah. There's a large number of innovative people looking at the whole population who've identified that within themselves. It's very small. So a lot of people who have these ideas and want to create something and want to become put out the best work that they can. They, they have been surrounded their whole life with small-minded people, and then they ju just become secluded with their work and work on it in private so it's not shot down and told that it's stupid and rejected. So when you, you come to an organization like this for the first time and meet people who actually want to work and create and who are interested in your ideas, they become thrilled. Absolutely. And that effect that you were describing, that kind of small-mindedness, that safety net. My mentor down at the Liquid Crystal Institute, um, Dr. John West, he had this great saying for it. It seems eventually we all end up with horse blinders on. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see exactly what's in front of us and nothing more. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's hard to recognize when you're in that mindset, when, you know, when there is a solution to the problem, you're just not seeing it because maybe it's not something that you want, or maybe the people you're surrounded with don't quite agree with you. Maybe they don't think you can make money off of it. Maybe yeah. whatever, whatever excuse it might be. But regardless, I thought the horse blinders was a great metaphor because it's all too true. Sometimes we don't see things even when, even if we'd like to because of external factors. Right. And we, we want to remove those horse blinders completely. We, we, we want to eliminate the lines between art and science, like we were saying, recombine them and really come up with some interesting products. Mm -hmm. And it's such a fun process, too. It's yeah. such a unique process, the development. I mean... I've made some of my best friends here on campus, you know, some of my, some of my closest friends developing products and doing research, mm -hmm. solving a common problem is what it is. Yeah. Trying things and failing and trying again. It's honestly one of the most fulfilling, one of the most fulfilling moments that I've had on campus, you know, time yeah. and time again. It's like finally coming to a place like this and finding your type of people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And those are lifelong friends because when you develop that mindset, it's very hard to exit it. You can know those people are going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and become something great in the future. And so are you. So you're going to keep in contact with them for a lifetime. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, when your friend does well, we're always happy for him, but we'd also like to do well. And, to, right. you know, you know what I mean? And to do it as a team, um, it's awesome. I mean, we're always checking each other. Mm -hmm. Everybody is moving forward together, which is a lot of fun. It doesn't mean they're not taking their own individual approaches to it. Right. But we're all getting better every single day in whatever we'd like to get better at. And that's, that's a really exciting feeling. That's a really exciting notion. And with the organization, uh, we're trying to promote some of those ideas uh, that maybe the DI Hub has had or maybe some of the other organizations have had on campus that just haven't been marketed well enough. Yeah. We're looking to help uh, those guys out at LaunchNet, too. And, you know, really, we're, we're looking to try to help as many people as possible with this. Definitely. What are know? some of those other organizations that you think... 
so there, out there? there is the DI Fellows, okay. um, which I am a part of myself. Mm-hmm. They're another group that you know just preaches innovation. Get some un- let's, let's craft some unique solutions to problems. Mm-hmm. Let's take advantage of the resources down at the DI Hub there in the reactor space, which if you guys aren't familiar with, uh, <laughs> they have a plethora of 3D printers down there. Yeah, I've, I've seen. Y- yeah, you've yeah. seen it. Oh, it's great, dude. Um, the electric shop is open now, so mm-hmm. for anybody who maybe has an interest in robotics, total free reign down there. You can go. You can get involved start learning with some Arduinos. They've got the textile lab down there, which is really neat for fashion students and anyone else who's just interested in crafting, woodworking, metalworking shops. I mean, fantastic, just fantastic equipment. Everything you could need to develop any kind of a physical product, develop tools to help you with research. It's all right there and it's at our fingertips. Uh And it's just realizing that this service exists and that they want you to take advantage of it. Getting more students to take advantage of that, to getting more students down there in the reactor space, bouncing ideas off of other students, crafting, building, working, yeah. researching, developing, it's only going to lead to good things. Since we agreed that innovation was the word of the day I think today. that's the word yeah. of the day, yeah. DI stands <laughs> for Design Innovation Hub. So definitely go down there, check it out, uh, surround yourself with some amazing people, and do what makes you happy. Absolutely. You know I mean? Yep. Yeah. I, I, that's all we can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Garrett, if you were to share one more thing with the world, what would it be? Yeah, I'd like to say, don't be afraid to take that initial step. Even if it might seem overwhelming, it might seem scary, you might not know how people are going to react. Taking that initial step towards the goals that you'd like to accomplish, it, it is worth more than just about any anything else. It, it's one of the most fulfilling feelings you can get. And specifically in research, Never be scared to reach out and to get involved. Everybody's looking for somebody to help out. Yeah. And somebody who has unique experience will contribute a lot more. So yeah, just don't be afraid to take that initial step. Get moving towards your goals. You're going to do some exciting stuff. When it's scary and when it's unsure, just jump at it. Absolutely. That's an opportunity right there. Yeah. Well, Garrett, it's been awesome having you on the show. You're definitely welcome back anytime. Keep me updated on Polyvolt Technologies. Absolutely. I'd love to hear about it. It's going to do amazing things. I can guarantee you that as long as you stay on this track and keep that thought process up. That's what really makes the difference, as you said. Awesome conversation. It's yeah. been incredible having you on today. This is, again, your host, John, of the Research Review, creating a platform for researchers to connect. Peace out.